Hi guys, welcome back to the Mindful Athlete Podcast. Today I have a really cool guest with me who actually happens to be my friend. So I'm not going to introduce her today. We're just going to ask her the 10 questions, the classic, and then if we go over 30 minutes, we will stop and of course we'll have you back on the show. Um, however, so first question of the day, if I met you in an elevator, how would you introduce yourself? Well, there wouldn't be enough time to fully introduce myself <laughs> if we were on an elevator. So we would continue the conversation as we left the elevator That's and become true. friends. But my name is Liz Kentner. I'm a realtor in Northeast Ohio, a mom of three, and a fitness and health fanatic. Right. And fitness and health fanatic goes a long way, which she's, I don't know if she's going to tell you this, but I'll tell you this, that she is one badass in the gym. <laughs> She did. She recently did the 4x4x48 challenge, which was from David Goggins, correct? He correct. created the challenge. And speak a little bit upon that, because I want people to understand your depth of love of health and fitness, because there's a love of health and fitness, and then there's what you do. Right, right. There's a line, and sometimes I cross that line. Um, yeah, so David Goggins, I saw him post this on Instagram a couple of times, and it intrigued me. It intrigued me because he talks about mindset. So I don't know. For those of you who aren't familiar with David Goggins, he's an ex-Marine. He's an author. He's a hard A. Like, he is just after it. He's all about mindset and being the best version of yourself. So uh, his book, Can't Hurt Me, is a great read if you haven't read it. Um, so I dug into it, and he does this to bring awareness to nonprofits and charities. So that's what really kind of reeled me in on top of the mindset thing. So, I didn't even know this. So that's interesting. Um, I was able to pick two nonprofits that were near and dear to my heart, okay. and this was all very short notice. I decided in two weeks that I was going to do it, so I didn't train for it. So you're supposed to run four miles or do an equivalent movement okay. for 40 minutes to 60 minutes um, every four hours for 48 hours. It's to prove to yourself that the mind can overcome its challenges and the body is capable it's, and that's what his whole book is about, is basically, like, the mind is just, what, what was it, like, he has a 40-60 rule or a 60 rule, like, when you get tired, you actually are only at 40% of what you actually can do. Right, yeah, right. your capabilities are far beyond, you know, the body starts to feel pain and the brain does its job mm -hmm. by telling you to stop. Right. The brain is wired to tell you to stop. Right, because um, the brain's job is to keep you safe and survive. Correct. Right. Um, so, in two weeks... We raised $3,000. I didn't even know this. So our goal was 2000 The generosity and the support from the community oh, wow. and friends and family was just amazing. So anytime I felt during that 48 hours, like, yeah. I can't do this, you know, I was taken back to not only the suffering of the nonprofits that we were supporting, um, but just the generosity and the people who I had behind me, and that yeah. kept me going. And um, it was more mentally cleansing than I thought it was going to be. Okay, so what do you mean by that? So, in order, by, by like the 24-hour mark, mm -hmm. the body is really telling you, please stop. Just go home. <laughs> and in order to get through that, the mind, you have to find a space of meditation and prayer. Mm. And for me, it was an opportunity. Uh, I grew up in the church, and that's important to my family and to me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it was a space to get closer to God and a space to meditate. And you know when you're driving in a car, right? You, yeah. you get in your car, you're tired, you're coming home from work, and all of a sudden you're home? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've done that a couple and times. And you're like, oh my, 
did I stop at the red lights? Did I do all the things? <laughs> did um, I drive legally? <laughs> right. That's where I was during those hours of work for that last Post 24? The second 24 yeah, The second hours, 24 okay. was yeah. I could finally figure out how to turn my mind down to a point where I was in a meditation space wow. and zone out and just get through it. That's crazy. And I came out feeling so much more crisp and clear mentally after being in that zone. That's which crazy really to, me. to me. Yeah. So you basically, your brain was like, okay, we can't, we can't shut her off, so we're going to shut ourselves off and just let her go, yeah. essentially. And it's funny because I think David Goggins actually mentions that in his book when he's doing his, um, oh, what was it, the um, the hundred miles where he was raising money for his nonprofit and his charity. Which hundred miles? The first one. The first one. one. The okay. first yeah. one. He where he basically the guy who did the thing was like, if you want to be part of the hard one, you got to do the easy one first. He went and did the easy one. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. and yes. he like cried. That's actually where he met his current wife, wasn't it? Or his. A wife. Yeah. A wife. A wife. I don't know if it's the current wife. I'm not totally finished with the book, but actually the reason I have now read the book was because you read the book and did the challenge. Oh, awesome. So I am currently in the middle of the book. I love the book. And I love how he has taken pain into prospering. And, like, he also mentions, like, this isn't, this never ends. Like, it's it's something you will always do for the rest of your life. So if you guys are interested in the challenge or in reading his book, the book is called Can't Hurt Me. It's written by David Goggins. I think he has one other book. He may. He may. I'm not sure. He's anyways. He had a ghostwriter actually write for him. I didn't know that. He had a ghostwriter, and he was on. So if you guys actually go and do the audible version of it, his ghostwriter and him talk about some of the other stories. Like they read the book, and then they give like other stories about those stories in the book. So highly suggest. Either way, read the book. Go to the audible. Doesn't matter. Great book. Um, so you just did that challenge. Next question, because I'm going to keep us moving forward. What are you currently succeeding at in your life? So, you know, that's always a tough question. No one likes to talk about that. <laughs> I want to talk about that. Because I like to tell myself I'm always failing at everything. I mean, any any person who's busy, like any mom, as a mom, yeah. we have so much on our plate, especially during COVID right now. Our roles have went from working, mom, all of this kind of merging together into one stress ball. Like, you all right, you were already at a level of stress, so let's just amp that up a little bit and tell you you're responsible for everything at the same level at all times. And, and oh, by the way, there's a global pandemic. Yes. <laughs> um, but to say what I'm succeeding at right now, I would say I made a career change in the middle of a pandemic. And it wasn't easy. So I'm going to say I'm succeeding at that because I made a choice that wasn't necessarily an easy choice. I knew it was the right choice. Um, So I went from being uh, an executive and in sales and healthcare for the last 16 years um, to being in real estate so that I can be with my children. Um, So that if there is virtual learning, there's sports, there's things, I still have flexibility to be with them. The cool part though was I found that there's a niche within real estate. Hmm. My background is long-term healthcare. Yeah. I have a degree in long-term healthcare administration, which is school to be an administrator of a nursing home. And then worked for a DME company, a durable medical equipment company, selling respiratory equipment for 10 years. Worked my way up, direct report to a COO of a multi-billion dollar company. And did, <laughs> By the way. <laughs> and did, I ran a couple of arms of business for them. And, you know, I've, so I've, I've been there. I've been in corporate America. Yeah. And so then... You were there to, for a while, too. Not just like a year or two. You were yeah. there for quite a while. I was. I was. Um, 
And I'm proud of that. And you should be. <laughs> it could be an ego blow to go from that mm. to saying, oh, I, you know, I'm at home with my kids. And um, I know it shouldn't be... It, it shouldn't be an ego blow because you should think about your kids. But th- that's that's actually a really tough conversation. And I feel like a lot of professional athletic women have that same conversation. Like right now we're currently dealing with the whole NCAA, that March Madness thing that just came out where the weights and the women versus the men's. That. And yeah. And that just, that really blew up recently. And, and the country is, our country, just America is going through some serious stuff right now. Like good, some of it's very good and it's very therapeutic. And then some of it, is hard, you know, when you wade through waters, you got to deal with the good and the bad at the same time. At that same time, though, something specific is happening in the women's world, I feel like. And it's, we have some societal norms, like women stay home with kids, men go to work. And sometimes when we convert those or change what we're used to, there can be some guilt behind it. And, Absolutely. and you almost are like, am, am I not there for my kids? And, and you know, I, something popped up in my head the other day, which is like, does my husband ask the same questions as often as I do? You don't get me wrong. He might think about it, but does right. he think about it as much as I do? And that's a valid question that I try to ask myself sometimes when I'm starting to feel guilt. And some, I remember a while back, my sister said something to me because she's... A wonderful executive and she's she's had a full-time job and had kids and the things and so I, I look up to her because um, there's always lots of things and she balances them very well and her, I remember her saying uh, I'm sorry um, or I forget how she said it I feel guilty for not being feeling guilty Ooh. I feel guilty for not feeling, feeling guilty, guilty that I, I chose to also that, have a career and yeah. be a mom and that's okay mmm and that's okay um, so here I am in this pandemic without a choice, right? Because yeah. I can't go into the office. I have a kindergartner, I have a seventh Sorry. grader, and I have a three-year-old. So daycare's closed, kindergarten on virtual learning, mm. and a seventh grader through an attitude yeah. who's definitely not going to be pitching in to help with the other two. Uh, husband working from home, and it's just a lot to balance. So we made the decision to do this. And there is a niche within real estate yeah. where I actually uh, have my designation to be a senior real estate specialist. So I do have a senior, passion. And senior meaning elderly. elderly. Right. I do have a passion for older adults. Um, that transition is stressful. I, it's the forgotten population. People don't like to talk about it. Aging is not sexy. No, it's not. It is not sexy. No one wants to talk about it. I'll talk about it. Because I'm going to be old one day, and I hope to God there is somebody out there who wants to help take care of me. Who can give you some answers, at least, as to where to go. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I get to do that. And here's the cool thing. I'm building my own business. I'm working for myself. Yeah. And it is what I want to make it. And so that is definitely something that I would say I'm being successful at. Not all the time. Not 100%, but doing my best. I mean, also, but then, like, what is your term? What is your dictionary term of succeeding you know like is succeeding being able to tuck your kids in at night but then also make an income during the day or is your and I think for any athlete who's listening to this you have to determine what success means for you before you go out and do what you want to do because I think that you know for me there's there's plenty of days you know I deal with depression and anxiety and there's plenty of days where I come home and I'm like did I do what I set out to what I was hoping to do today Right. And if, if you didn't, you know, you might not hit the stars, but if you got, if you're batting three out of 10, you're still 300, you're still in the hall of fame. Right. Do you, are your kids safe? Do they feel loved? Are you in a happy home? Like, mm. <laughs> and the other layer of success on that is showing my kids 
how to be healthy mentally and physically. Yes, absolutely. Um, and we sign up for that when you become a parent, which is like, well, I hope you do. Great, I hope <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, I mean, that, that's the gist of it. This, yeah, yeah we hope. Them. <laughs> but to have them, you know, when I was doing the David Goggins Challenge, the 4 by 4 by 48 I, I went back and forth for the first 24 hours, and most of them, I went back and forth from our gym to my home. Mm-hmm. And I would go home to be with the kids. And I, so I, I do want to clarify that in between, I was still doing the mom things. Right? Oh, yeah. I would throw in some dishes in the dishwasher, throw in a little laundry, try to play with the kids for a little bit. I would definitely lay down, but I yeah. was still doing some of the things. But what was so cool was when it was time to go, my oldest, who's 13, all right, Mom, you got this. You got this, Mom. Oh, just, just a couple more. You can do it. Good luck. Like, the encouragement from my own children, mm-hmm. not... Why are you doing this? And why aren't you home for me? Why aren't you home? No, yeah. no, it was not that. It was yeah. not that at all. And my husband, behind me a thousand percent, like, I'm so proud of you. I can't believe you're doing this. This is amazing. Don't worry about us. We got this here. You're good. Go do this. Go tackle this. Like, he's the best man in the world. That makes me so happy <laughs> to, to hear that. my crazy. <laughs> yeah, like that's, uh, he's, my husband is a saint because he puts up with all my crazy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'll have to have you come back and we'll talk about marriages and balance and, and all of that stuff. Cause I think that'd be another phenomenal podcast. Um, cause if you don't know, my background is actually marriage and family therapy. And the reason I actually chose that degree was because I wanted to be a good mom and a good wife. That's the, that is the most honest reason people ask me all the time. They're like, Oh, did you want to get high paid higher? And did you want to this? And I said, I actually just don't want to put my shit on my kids. <laughs> That was that was essentially what I said to myself when I signed up for the program. And if if my parents are listening, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, they're probably like, what? <laughs> but it is. It's true. I went because I wanted to be a good person. I wanted to be a good mom. I still think I have a long way to go. I think being friends with you as well as other friends and other moms is going to help me as I grow and become yeah, more. Surround yourself with the yeah. type of people that you want to be. Absolutely. Find a good tribe. Absolutely. Number one thing. That's I think you succeed highly well at that is finding good tribes. Like, I think you have an incredible ability to find goodness in others, which I have seen you do as I've gotten to know you over the past two two years? What, a year and a half? It's been a couple years. It's been a couple years, yeah. yeah. It's been yeah. longer than you think because, uh, you know, COVID year. COVID kind of, like, collapses it. my time space, <laughs> whatever that is. Um, so, yeah, so we've, so we've known a while, and it's, it's cool to also see moms, um, I think, span out into different worlds because I'm watching so many different moms. I think when I... When I entered into my work world, I, I felt guilty. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even have kids yet. And I'm, I'm already feeling guilty about going to work. But now I see, because in the corporate world, it was rare that I saw a female CEO. And now in 2021, I'm starting to see female CEOs holding their babies, going to work and doing all these cool things. And I'm like, all right. And then now I'm also seeing it in my town. Like I see it through you and I see it through Jen. And, and that's just super cool as, as a young professional woman seeing that, which is really cool. Um, all right, moving on to the next question. Okay. What are you currently struggling with in your life? Oh, I think that goes for every working mom. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even have to be a working mom. <laughs> just momhood. <laughs> just, just moms, um, the balance, the juggling of the things. We talk about the things, and you don't have to be a mom or a woman to be struggling with the things. It's an everyday assessment of what needs to get done, when does it need to get done, and what's the priority. Yeah. And the struggle 
and the guilt that comes in for sometimes we put our, have to put ourselves first in order to do that. And especially as a, I'll call myself an athlete, even though I don't really, it's funny you are. I don't categorize myself that way, but <laughs> that's important to me. That yeah. makes me a better person, a better mom, a better wife. My husband knows that. My kids know that. Yeah. And they know it well enough to say, hey, mom, maybe you should go to the gym <laughs> if I'm having a cranky day. Yeah. And so that struggle, it's never going to go away. Which, which is funny because we categorize that as a struggle. But by you also choosing to put your mental health first, and there's a level, there's, there's, a, there's a line, right, where you put yourself first. You do need to do that to be there for others, right? If you're not filling your own cup, you can't fill others, right? That's yeah. my number one rule. But by putting down healthy boundaries with your children and saying, mommy needs to take care of herself so she can love you even more, like, also teaches your kids, don't let other people take your happiness before you set it in yourself. Right. It, it sets that good work. But, and here's the struggle, and here's the interesting thing. As I've been on this journey and taken promotions or gotten gains in the gym, it's very easy to take the people who aren't in a positive space and hear the words that they say to you, and you internalize it, mm-hmm. and you believe it. Oh, that's, yeah. And when you hear, I can't believe you choose to put yourself before your kids, or I can't believe you would choose to leave your children like that, or you're going to end up divorced. No. And these are all things that have been said to me. Yeah. Some yeah. by people who are very close to me. Mm-hmm. And you that can't take, hurts. You can't take the words back. They're there yeah. and they simmer. And that's a struggle. That's a struggle every day. That's part of why I did the Goggins Challenge. I do struggle with anxiety. I do struggle with depression. I do struggle with some insecurities that you know, probably go way back and, you know, those bubble up. (laughs) (laughs) Especially when you're at your worst. Yeah. And it's hard. But the closer they are to you, the more it sits with you. It's just, oh. But to get in that mindset then, to get in that meditation and to realize that, you know, they say perception is reality. Oh, 110%. But we have the ability to make our own real. Like, we, we can perceive it, and we have the ability to change that perception. Mm-hmm. And to take that opportunity to take that step back and do some self-reflection, uh, is that fact? Or is that my perceived notion of what has happened? And to actually look at the situation and take that mental step back, take a deep breath and some meditation to say, oh, man. Oh, that man. wasn't really what the situation was, and I need yeah. to move on. And and it's crazy that you say that because we we talk a lot about another book is, that is a favorite of mine. It's called Emotional Intelligence, which is like you need to be emotionally intelligent with yourself and with others. And you can't take – I mean, like everybody else's word on your life is literally just an opinion. It is one data mark. And if you are a statistician or you know anything about math, you know one data point doesn't mean anything. It is the hundreds of thousands of data points. You know, if someone's coming to you every day or you're hearing people continuously say, hey, your kids need you or hey, this, take it as a data point. You know, take it as, as, as one thing, not the whole story. So, and, and don't get me wrong, there's, there's healthy ways. Absolutely, you need to take time for yourself if you're a mom. Because if you don't, you're teaching your daughters and you're teaching your sons how to treat themselves and others. 
And that your kids learn everything by the things that you do, not the things you say. So, all right, so that was a struggle question. Um, and if you guys are interested in hearing more um, on a certain topic or you, you want to like, if you hear Liz say something, you're like, oh man, I'd really love to hear her talk about that more. Please, please email us, make a comment, do something. I will bring her back. Please, please make a comment because that's how we get really good um, footage and, and all the other stuff out to you guys and knowledge. Um, okay, so this one, we're going to skip over to my favorite question because we're already at 20 minutes. So... This one's my favorite question, which is if you could meet yourself at your lowest or toughest moment today with all that you have learned, what would you say to yourself? You are good enough. Oh my God, that makes me want to <laughs> That makes me want to cry yeah. <laughs> because I feel like I said the same thing. When they interviewed me, I said the same thing. <laughs> all right, so, so explain on that a little further. I... I can take myself back there really quickly, so I'm going to try not to get emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, my lowest point, I hadn't prayed in a really long time. I fell away from that for a long time, and I felt like I had lost pretty much everything in my life. I had no direction. Mm-hmm. I had no friends. My boyfriend had broke up with me. P.S. He's, P.S. He's not my husband. But. Oh! Oh! Oh my God! The drama. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna want to hear that story. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's another one. Another one. Another one. Yeah. Um, it's so hard to describe that emptiness, that loneliness, when that depression clouds up. You know. Yeah. Um, definitely was there. And I, I, I said a prayer. I said a prayer for the first time in a really long time. Mm. And I prayed for a friend. And the next day, my dad said, you know, why don't don't you come to church with me? You haven't been in a really long time. There's a new pastor. I hear he's really cool. You should come. (laughs) I'm like, oh, dad. I don't want to go to church. 21, who does that? No. (laughs) Um, But I went. And sitting in the front row was another woman, 21, and Sat with her, got introduced, and it happened to be the pastor's daughter, who was had just moved into town with her husband. Wasn't that convenient? Abby and Greg. <laughs> Abby, fast forward. Abby and Greg are still best friends of Matt and I, and we love them. They live in Nashville. They're amazing, cool. amazing people. Um, so, this, so like about six months after that meeting in church, mm-hmm. Abby and I were like instant best friends. We had so much in common. And she looks at me and she says, man, I prayed for a friend so bad. I was so lonely. And oh, that's I'm freaky. Like, Wait, I, I prayed too. for a friend. <laughs> me too. And I look back at that time, you know, that feeling of just not being good enough for anyone. Mm-hmm. No one, no one was in my life at that, like that loneliness, just that emptiness and yeah. You know, I'm not going to fill anybody's cup, so it does. Why would I fill my own cup? If I if I don't even have the yeah. And you know that paired with my sister saying, back to my wonderful sister, mm-hmm. you know, if you can't be comfortable with yourself, hanging out with yourself and love yourself, you're not going to be able to love anybody else. So why don't mm-hmm. you focus on you for a while? And so th- that's it. You are good enough, and love yourself before you can love somebody else. Mm-hmm. That is very good advice. Very good advice. Okay, so I think we have time for maybe one or two questions. Okay. Um, I always try to put that question in there because some people, it's 
I, so there's a there's a caveat with that question, which is if if I ask that question and they're normally a younger person, we talk about it a lot because they think they've hit their lowest. And then, however, when I talk to someone who's maybe a little older, has gone through more in their life, it's a very simple response, which is funny. Like yours was very simple and it was very just like, love yourself. Like, which means that like the solution to our problems when we've officially experienced more is more simple. Just love yourself more. Like, I love it. Anyways, so that's the secret with that question. Anyway, so let's see what else we got in here. All right, so we did talk about that one about the low points. Ooh, so this, we've touched on it a little bit, but what is one of your favorite lessons you've learned in life so far? Oh, I have to think about that one. Not necessarily the hardest, but your favorite. My favorite lesson? Mm-hmm. I really have to think about that. That's a hard one. That's a hard one because it's not your it's not your lowest moment kind of lesson. It's your no. oh I love learning this lesson. This was one of those moments, you know, because everyone thinks oh well, you learn the most in your darkest moment, which which is true. You do learn a lot. I get it. Okay. Always trust your gut, and don't be afraid to say the hard things. Okay, so why is that your favorite? As we go through different situations in life. Everyone has that nagging thing that, that's there, mm -hmm. but we usually ignore it. And I have found, and, and someone told me, and this was actually only about five years ago. So recent information. Yes. Mm -hmm. and, and when I look back at all the other situations in my life where mm -hmm. I should have trusted my gut, and then having someone just say, never ignore that, it is always right. And if it doesn't feel good, don't do it. Don't if do it, it doesn't feel right, it probably isn't. Because you, sometimes you push forward saying, no, no, that it, I'm sure that's nothing and I'm going to keep going. And then you realize that was a big mistake. I shouldn't have done that. Whatever it is, if it's a professional decision or a personal decision, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Somebody approaches you who's a stranger and you have a gut feeling, this person's not a good person for me in my life. I don't need this. Mm -hmm. Trust that. Yeah. Don't keep that person around just because there's that influence of oh but you know there or there's a guilt like yeah. oh but if i cut them off i'll they'll feel bad Absolutely. like no 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 it's okay to say no yeah. trust your gut mm -hmm. that's a good one i like that one a lot all right so one more question uh, da, 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 da. oh so we did talk about this and i feel like we didn't go into it but but what does success mean to you personally if you were to go to sleep at night and just say this was a good day what would that success look like? And you've had a big, you've had a lot of change in the past year, so so maybe it's redefining itself. But I was just gonna say I don't know if I can really define it because it changes, it's fluid. Success isn't one thing. Success is a multitude of things. So I mean, success could be getting a shower today. <laughs> uh, Which some days that is total success. You know, so I wouldn't lump that in there today. But. <laughs> Sundays. But I was successful at other things today. <laughs> but you know, there's the broad and the little, the broad answer and the little answers. But but success doesn't have to be defined and then walked away from, right? I think so often we say, if I do A, B, C, and D, I am successful, and then that's it. 
we're done. Hmm. But we have to give ourselves room to grow, and as we grow, that success is redefined. Okay. So I find that I hit my levels of success and these goals that I've reached that I would say, oh, I'm successful now, but now I have new goals and I have new levels I want to reach. Um, you know, let's go back to the gym, for example. Right. I've kind of rocketed out a little bit here with some nutrition and some training and just really just turned a switch on where I decided I really want to do this and I want to go all in. Right. And so where my goals were a year ago, I mean, I've surpassed that for sure. Oh, yeah. And But now I have new goals. Yeah. So it's in same for, like, parenthood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, success is maybe no one throws a Hot Wheel at my face. So. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to have to edit that. That's too loud. <laughs> but I'm gonna make you a t-shirt that says that success no one threw a hot wheel at my face today I mean you know it happens it does it does sometimes you get a hot wheel in your face <laughs> it just it catches you out of nowhere oh okay so so you say and and this is this is true that success is fluid I guess the the continuation of that question which is at the end of every day what allows you to put your head on your pillow and say I did good today that whatever I did was honest and true and right. Mm. Even if it didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. If I yeah. was honest, truthful, loving, and kind, then I can rest my head at night. In business, that would happen frequently. I'd get a frantic phone call. Yeah. Uh, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Oh my <laughs> gosh, the sky is falling. And I would calmly respond. And they would say, how can you keep so calm? I can keep calm because I know that we know what to do together as a team. And we're going to approach the situation together. And we're going to do the best that we can. Mm -hmm. And the outcome is what it is. Whether it's negative or positive, the sun is going to come up tomorrow. We're still going to be alive. And everything's going to be okay. Yeah. You're going you're to make it to tomorrow. And there's no reason for us to lose sleep over that. Yeah. So success is doing everything that I can for every situation that's in front of me to the best of my ability with the most positive mindset that I can have. Right. And there are days where I'm not very positive and but it, and you're able to the thing is you're able to to go home at night and say, you know what, but it, I kept moving forward. And I I do I feel like on the days when I can't sleep and, and there are not many, right? But the occasional day that comes around and normally on that day when when I can't sleep, it has something to do with I was unkind to myself. That's right. a good one. Right. And it's like, I put that other person in front of myself today and I disrespected who I am today. And that, that would be something. So how you said that spoke to me very much, but sadly we are officially at our 30 minute mark, which I feel like we could do a whole nother 30 minutes. Um, I could talk forever. <laughs> so we'll have, we'll have Liz back. Um, thank you guys so much for, for tuning in and listening. The podcast is on a plethora of platforms. And I look forward to seeing you guys in the next podcast.